0: Good morning everyone. Uh, it's uh it's a pleasure to be here this morning. I hope every one of you are doing very well. Um I kind of I hope you leave with a couple things this morning. That one that you're encouraged, but two that you're hungry for more of God. Amen. Is any is anyone here hungry for God this morning? All right. That's not everyone, I don't think. Is everyone hungry here for God? Hey. There we go. So, yeah, as mentioned, so my name is Joel Hampson, uh, and I'm the, the privilege to, to be the new coordinator for the University Christian Ministries at VIU, and, uh, and, and I'm excited to share a story of what God's been doing on campus, but also uh, the journey uh, of what God has taken me through to this point, point. Uh, and I think it'll help kind of um, share with you guys uh, just how God has brought me to this place and, and the transition of, of how things are moved. And, and so, who here uh, actually got to know Samuel and Christina? Raise of hands. Wonderful. So they're, they're wonderful people, and it was actually really nice. Uh, Christina actually got to come and, and uh, be here for about two and a half weeks, and she just went back home. And so Samuel is actually just going through his training uh, in, in Quebec, I believe. And so it's uh, you know, a little bit hard for them because uh, being apart from each other instead of always together. But uh, God is with, with all of us this morning. Uh, so I want to encourage you guys. So uh, is anyone here on my, my weekly newsletters hearing about what God's doing on campus? We got a few people. Okay. Hopefully we can increase that because God's doing some wonderful things. Uh, I want to encourage you guys that uh, within the first actually three weeks, we had a few leaders right after our Thursday meeting. So actually just for anyone that doesn't know, uh, the University of Christian Ministries, we we meet every Thursday on campus. And we've been meeting there um, for pretty much 15 years. It got planted 15 years ago. And the the amazing thing with that is our, our now director that's directing all seven campuses on B.C., uh, in, in the BC district, he was the one that actually got to come and plant, to be a part of that planting of uh, VIU. And so it's really exciting to kind of actually receive leadership from him now, as uh, that's another transition role that's there. But so we meet every Thursday, and we have a wonderful community that has grown over the years to now where we have about um, 80 students on average that are meeting every Thursday to praise God and worship Him and, and kind of just to, to go after Him and see what God has for their life, but also for campus. And anyone that, that doesn't know, our, uh, our vision for UCM is to equip students to be Christian leaders in their families, their workplaces, their churches, and their communities. And so it's been really exciting because um, that's not just uh, been uh, some people's lives. It's been my life. That's been many lives that have walked through UCM and done their time there. And, uh, and so, yeah, so we meet every Thursday. And so we have some wonderful people. And, and as you met, actually, can we give a round of applause to the UCM uh, on the road band here? These guys... <laughs> Yeah, these guys are absolutely wonderful, and they're practicing, and they're they're making sure they're working hard because they wanna they wanna honor God, but also just bless you guys as well in worship. And so we're super blessed and thankful um, that that we get to come and actually uh, have the team with us to to come and share. But uh, about uh, three weeks, four weeks into to the university, we had after our Thursday night, one of our leaders be like, "Hey, like you know what? There's an open mic night at the, at the student pub. He's like, I wanna go there and sing worship." Does that sound uncomfortable to anyone here? (laughs) Yeah? Yeah, I bet. (laughs) Anyway, so a couple of our leaders, actually, one of them uh, was Dia, and the other one was Will, one of our student executive leaders. And so they went after we had our whole, like, night. So for a little bit of context for you, for our student executive leaders, our night starts pretty much at 4 o'clock, and it ends at 11 so it's a long night for us. So like we meet together, we fellowship, we, we eat together, we, we prepare, we come set things up. We're like a ministry on the road. So like this is like, this, this works. But we usually have all our music, cool and we got to bring it up, we got to set it up. But um, so afterwards, after that, Will's just like, you know what, we should go to the pub. Like I feel in my heart like God wants to do some, some worship music there. So he goes and, and he goes with D and they, and they begin to sing worship music in the pub. And I think they got to sing for I don't even know how long, multiple songs. And actually, some of the guys were like, you, need, you guys need to come back. Like, you guys need to do this again. But it led to conversation with people uh, and some of the girls there. And, and one of the girls actually gave her life to the Lord that night. Yeah, let's give the Lord a round of applause. That, that's, like, absolutely amazing. And, and I think it's amazing because sometimes we can get a little bit of afraid of, of going to dark places, right? And, and I want to encourage you guys. It, it says in Psalms, even, even the dark is not dark to the Lord. And so you can be a light in those places. That's why we're called to be a light, is to be a light in the darkness. Amen? So not only that, um, it was actually amazing. A few weeks later, um, I connected with, um, with someone that I'd known from the university uh, over two, three years. And this, this young man, um, he, he was a great volleyball player. Um, he was, I, I got to meet him because he actually connected with one person from my church. Years ago, and they got to talk about God and these different things. So he was very open to it, but he never kind of made that step. And so this time, though, I ended up uh, um, seeing him right after intramural volleyball. And uh, at the university, I'm talking with him, and he's not having a good time. He's, he just got um, let go from the volleyball team. He's uh, kind of not, doesn't have any work, not going to be in classes. And then he got also got let go by his, or like got dumped by his girlfriend, or they ended things there and, and, and got cheated on. And it was just not a good time for him. He was really having a hard time. And so I was chatting with him that night, and I got to pray with him right there. And, and I was like, you know what? I'm like, my, my next day is really busy, but I'm going to make time for you. I'm like, let's meet. Let's meet tomorrow morning, and let's talk. And uh, And I met with him, and it was amazing because at the beginning when he was there, he was just struggling really hard. You know, like I, I can understand, like, because I'll, I'll share a little bit of my, about my story and how um, God had kind of transformed me and, and brought me out of brokenness um in in one part of my life but um and so i understand going through a breakup i understand going through something that can be really hard and your mind can just keep going very negative and and maybe some of you are familiar with that this morning um and so i'm sitting there talking with him and i'm just sharing truth with him of who god says he is and and how god sees him and it was amazing because you know when you're having a really hard time you know you're kind of just really serious you're not having fun like yeah, that was that was very much the case and and for me I'm a person who loves joy. I'm a person who loves to laugh and and for him that was the same case for him. He's a person who loves to laugh. But he was just kind of like things suck. He doesn't like where he's at and for the past 4 years he told me that uh, he'd been struggling with negative thoughts and just the way that he'd been been thinking. And, and so I got to speak into him just truth of God's word and who he is and it was amazing cuz over time um, I didn't even like ask him to do certain things, but he just had this like realization he, and this repentance that came of like, oh my goodness. He's like, this past week, he's like, I've acted like a complete idiot. Like, he's like, I've treated my parents so badly. Just like, I was like a little kid throwing a tantrum. He like, it had this, that repentance, but it was like, then he got wrapped up in guilt and condemnation in it. And it was amazing though, because when I, what I was like, I brought it back to him. I was like, no, be like, that is amazing. God just brought conviction to your heart. And what happened was your response was like, oh my goodness, like, I'm sorry. And so I was like, there, like I was trying to bring to realization for him is there's no guilt in, in God. He says, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Amen? There's no guilt and condemnation in Christ. And, and I was like, that is amazing that God brought you to a place right there of repentance. And I was like, what you do is you thank God that He revealed that to your heart. You thank God that you can take that posture because He owned up to what He did with His actions. But then I was like, then you go and apologize to your parents for how you acted. And it was amazing because, like, th- that, that kind of changed there. But by the end of the meeting, this guy actually, he, he received the Lord. Yeah. So this young man received the Lord. And it was amazing because there were certain points where it was like, you know, like, for him, he was being really serious, right? It was really hard what was going on. But then it was like joy started to hit his heart. It started to come back a bit. His countenance began to change. And it was amazing because it was like God was moving in his heart. And it was just like, he was like, man, he's like, I hate being serious. Does anyone here not like being serious all the time? Like, I really, I don't. I'm like, God, like, God wants us to have fun, amen? And it was just like, and it was so amazing, though, because as I left, there was a few weeks later, or sorry, a few weeks, a few hours later, and he messages me, and he's like, man, he's like, I feel so much better. And he's just like, thank you so much for meeting with me and talking with me. And and, and you know, and I'm like, I'm not your savior, man. I was like, thank God. But I was just like, I, I'm honored and thankful to kind of walk th- through with this with you right now. And so I'm excited to kind of do um, life with him and, and kind of help him uh, get pointed to Christ. But that's just a couple examples of, of things that we've seen of, of people getting saved. Um, in, uh, in, in a couple of our um, Thursday night meetings, we've had it where uh, students are actually physically getting healed. God's touching them and, and healing them. And so it was amazing, this one um, young man, it was his first time ever coming to UCM, I haven't seen him since, but I think it's mainly because he's also, he's got work, and he's also um, playing on the football team, and, uh, but he came, and he was, uh, in his, in his left leg, he couldn't tell hot from cold, feeling-wise, in his leg, and it was amazing, I, I didn't even go over and, and pray with him, there was just a bunch of people who were in our community, just like, hey, let's pray for you, just right there, and they're praying for him, and they brought over hot and cold water, and by the end of it, he was, he could tell a difference. He couldn't tell that before. He couldn't tell hot from cold, and by the end of it, that was totally good. Amen? So God is doing amazing things, and not only that, he's raising up leaders. That's our vision, right? It's equipped students to be Christian leaders, and it's it's been so encouraging for me to see um, some of our, our leaders actually step up into that role of, of what it means to be a leader, to equip someone else, to disciple someone else, and it's so encouraging because we, we have multiple ministries from from our hospitality team that does the food from guest experience, those welcoming people in. Uh, we have our worship team. So we have three, three worship teams. And so they're equipping those students to be leaders in worship. And then we, and, and there's many other aspects that we're actually, we're growing right now, which has been really cool. And actually, I want to highlight um, one of our students right now, actually Levi. Um, this young man here has actually been a super encouragement to me. Um, this guy, uh, it's his first year here at, uh, at VIU. And, and he came out to, to UCM. And and it was so cool. This guy plugged in right away, and he was just like, and, and, and he was kind of like, how do I get involved? Like, what can I do? Like, all these things, and I'm just kind of like, oh my gosh, like, this is really sweet, and, and so it's been really cool, though. Not only that, there's a time where he, he walked up to me after, and he's like, man, he's like, is there, do you guys have like prayer ministry or anything like that? Like, I want to get involved. Like, I want to pray, and I'm just like, oh my goodness. I was like, um, one of my leaders, I was like, Will, we need to develop a prayer ministry. I'm like, we haven't developed this good enough. I'm like, we need to develop a prayer ministry. I'm like, let's go. Like, let's get this going. But it's just amazing. This guy just wants to get involved, and, he, and he's just hungry for God. And that's just one example. There's many other students that are, that are there for the first time for their first year that are like, God, we want you. And so this is something that God is doing. So I just want to encourage you guys with that. It's like God's doing this on campus, but God can do this here as well. Amen? We want to see people come into the church. We want to see people be raised up uh, in the Lord. We want to see them come in and and bless this community. Amen? So I'll share a little bit about uh, about my story and and how it kind of ties in with with UCM, because actually UCM is a huge part of my story uh, of God restoring my life. And so, uh, for anyone that doesn't know, so I'm actually, I'm from Nanaimo. I'm born and raised. I'm 24 years old now, uh, which is kind of really weird to say, to be honest. I'm like, you know, time just keeps going faster and faster. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm 24. Like, holy smokes. What's going to happen, right? I'm like, next thing you know, I'm going to have kids. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid. Like, I'm not ready for this. Like, I'm not. But... God is good in the midst of it, though. It's, it's good. But, um, so I was born and raised in Nanaimo, and so I grew up in the church my entire life. It wasn't until I was about 14 when I had my kind of first encounter with God where it says, like, unless you're drawn by the Father, you cannot come to him. And I had a moment where it was almost as if there was a rope on my heart tugging me to go forward to receive prayer from a, from a youth pastor. And, and from that day, there was something in my heart that changed. And I was like, okay, God, I believe that you're real now. And then it was like this journey of okay, God, if if you're real, I need to know you, and uh, and it, it and so I began to pursue Him, and I was I was always this very joyful guy in in high school. You'd always know me by this huge smile on my face or anything that I'm uh, kind of doing, and so I'm just having a good time. And, and but I I was also um, I remember there was uh, someone who had prayed over me, and they're like Joel, you're you're meant to be set apart, and I didn't really understand what that meant, and I kind of almost to some extent thought that being set apart meant um, being like separate from the people of like not even being like someone involved with them and so as much as I I could fit into any group in at at high school I could fit in with the jocks I could fit in with the nerds I could fit in anywhere and uh, I could be awkward I was also a little bit shy but also I was an athlete so there's lots of things that I could I could fit in but I I just never really um, I think put myself out there to like invest in relationships outside of the the school context and But the thing was, I was still happy. I was still joyful. I was like, man, I got God. I'm like, I'll go to youth group. I'll go to church twice, twice a week. I'll, all these things, I'm, I'm plugged in there. But I lacked a foundation, though, in the word of God at that time in my life. And uh, what, what ended up happening was uh, by the end of uh, grade 12, uh, so I graduate, and I end up taking a, a, year, a year off. Um, I didn't go straight into school. But during this time, though, actually right before I graduated, um actually I'll, I'll hit this one point. Um throughout high school because I was quite shy and I was like afraid to go and uh, ask girls uh, uh if I like you know talk to them in the way of like asking them out cuz you know I'm like oh that's um, I'm nervous I'm shy I'm not going to go do that like so one of the things that I did cuz a friend was like hey I'm not going to actually date throughout high school cuz I'm going to set myself apart for god. And so I kind of was like oh, I'll do the same thing. That means I don't have to ask anyone out. Like that saves me, right? <laughs> yeah, that was me. That was absolutely me. And so uh what happened was, so I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna date. So people kind of knew that, um, yeah, I'm not gonna date. And there's this one girl though that I ended up uh, really liking, and she, I seen her as the Christian of the non-Christians, and I was kind of like, I was very intrigued, and I was like, man, I would really like to get to know and get to know her and meet her. And so um, this is how shy I was um, to let you into my life at that point. I'm in my parents' bathroom on my phone, stressing out if I should text her and say hi. <laughs> yeah. Different generation, right? I'm like the guys of old, you got you go and you go and say hi like in person, you go ask them out. I'm like, now, now you got a phone and a whole bunch of distance and you're still afraid. And so I I'm there and, and actually I'm sitting in, in in the bathroom and I'm like, I'm desiring to like reach out and get to know her. But I have this this inclin this this inclination in my heart that God kind of revealed, He's like, Joel, if you go forward with this, your life's gonna change in a negative way. I I felt that and I was like I still have a desire. Anyone, anyone kind of acted on desire and it didn't end up in a good place? Right here. Yeah. And so I went forward with that. And, and it's interesting because if you go to Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19, what it says there is God says, Today I put before you life and death, blessings and cursings. But he says, I'll give you the answer. Choose life. And so I'm not saying that she was death, but I'm saying what, it, what led to was death, what I walked through. Death, death of my spiritual life, death of, of who I was, and, and it just it brought a lot of brokenness. And so the thing was, I was like, okay, I'm going to go forward with it, though. I'm like, I'm interested. I'm, I'm, I'm desired. I'm like, I want to get to know her. And so I start to get to know her, and the interesting thing was, so now I'm graduated. Oh, now that's off the table. If I, I'm not going to date, right? So then it's like, that's off the table. So we kind of awkwardly somehow start dating, and, um, and so I actually started to fall in love with her. And what happened was I was willing to or I was willing to kind of lay down um, some things of, of myself for her sake, because I was falling in love with her. I didn't know how to handle conflict. I didn't know um, how to really stand up for myself in, in a way. And so what happened was uh, she would kind of get upset about um, um, my, my Christian faith. Like she, she said she was open to all these things, but what happened was, was that um, she didn't like some of the things that were being taught. And it, it kind of really turned off, and, and she'd get upset and frustrated with me. And, and what happened was I was just kind of like, okay, well, I'm starting to fall in love with you. I want to make you happy. So I started to disconnect from the church. I started to disconnect from youth group, and, uh, and I just began to hang out with her all the time. And what happened was uh, after a while, uh, I ended up spending almost like literally every waking hour with her. Every night after like six months, I'd be with her. And it became it very hard because it, it became a relationship that became very toxic, uh, a relationship that was um, very controlling and, and possessive, and I didn't know how to stand up for myself. And at the same time, my heart went cold. Uh, I used to care when, when she'd get upset and, and cry, and, and I got to the point where I was sitting there, and my heart was so cold that I'd, I couldn't cry if I wanted to. And she was really upset. And I was like, you know, I'm kind of... And this is how crazy my thoughts started to get. Is that because um, we'd watch Criminal Minds? I don't know if anyone here has watched that show, but it was kind of talking about serial killers. Sorry, it's kind of a weird topic that I'm talking about here, guys. Um, but bear with me. They said like the one common thing that they all lacked was was like was empathy, and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't have empathy. <laughs> am I becoming a serial killer? Like, is that who? Am- yeah, literally, those are the thoughts that I was thinking. Like, as crazy as it is, those are the thoughts that I was thinking. That's that's what that's what the devil wants you to think. Like, he wants you to think so badly that you you get wrapped up in all this negative thing, all these things, and then he just hits you with identity of who you're not. And he wants you to believe those things so you far even faller out of the image of God of who he's created you to be. And so I'm I'm believing these thoughts, and I'm super broken. I did things that I, I, I'm i not, not proud of, but God's redeemed. But it was just like what happened was it led to so much brokenness in my life. Eventually, it came to the point where it, like I could no longer, like if I held her hand, it physically hurt my heart. That's how much pain and stuff was in my heart because I didn't know how to deal with, I didn't know how to communicate emotions. I didn't know how to um, forgive in that aspect. And, and so that eventually led to a point where there was this one night where I finally had a night away from her. And I was like, you need to go to this graduation thing. Like, you got to do it. Like, you got to go. And, um, and so she went. And what happened was, that night, I went home for the first time in, in a long time and, and actually talked with my mom. And, and I, told, I told her, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't, I, can't, uh, I can't be in this relationship anymore. I don't like who I am. I don't like where, where things are. I miss my family. I miss my church. So I didn't really spend much time with my family. Um, it was all just like, it was just, it was rough. I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And, uh, and I told her though, I had this dream of, a few months prior to this happening. I was like, I had this dream where my youth pastor came up to me and he hugged me. And he's like, he's like, welcome back. And it was amazing. I shared that with her and she's like, whoa, like actually Jason, my youth pastor, had the very same dream and shared that with her. But not only that, my mom and my dad had to stand on some words from from people in the church for quite a few months where they said, don't worry, Joel's going to come back. And maybe some of you here tonight have received words from God about things and maybe it hasn't panned out yet. Don't give up on it. Don't don't give up on that. In, In Isaiah, if you guys can flip to Isaiah 55, I'll take you guys there for a moment. And we'll go to verse 11. Actually, we'll go, we'll go to 10. Isaiah 55, 10. The rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to and it will pro- and it will prosper everywhere I send it. And some, some will say, like, my word will not come back to me void. And so there's been things that God has spoken to maybe your guys' lives. Maybe you haven't seen it yet. It will not come back to God void. There's things that God had spoken to my family, my parents, when I was away, of don't worry, Joel's coming back. They didn't know when. It could have been a year, it could have been two years, could have been three years, could have been a long, long time, because I came to the point when I was with her, of, as sad as it was, of, of willing to give up my calling for my life with God, to be with her. God's word will not come back void. And so it was amazing. So okay, so that night I told my mom, the next day I come, I see um, my girlfriend, and, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. And, uh, and I, I ended things. Um, that led to the, the worst week of my life at that point where I was crying every night. I felt so alone. And I felt like every part of me needed to be with her, but I knew I couldn't. And so it was just this brokenness, and then it led into depression, and, and, then, um, and it was just not a good time for me in my life. I was working at Quality Foods. I worked there for six years, and I was working in the meat department. I'd work um, That was during the summer. And I worked from 11 o'clock till 8, and I'd do that five days a week, and I'd stay up till 2 in the morning, wake up at 10, repeat, didn't do anything else. And it was just not a good time for me. That next year, I, I get actually, I go up to the university and I was like, okay, I'm going to give this a shot. I was told to go into engineering by my girlfriend because, like, you know, you're good with math, you like physics, physics, that kind of stuff. Oh, great career for you, good paying job. And I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. Three weeks in, no passion. I'm like, yeah, not for me. So... I, I kind of stick out a little bit. I, like, I dropped the one engineering course to do the math, the physics, the English, but I'm still like feeling alone, still feeling depressed, still feeling broken. And eventually, though, I find uh, a friend from Quality Foods who shares her testimony with me of how she came to know God. And this spark in my heart began again of, I want my relationship back with God. And, and I was like, but I don't really know exactly how. And it was amazing, though, because it led to getting connected with the University of Christian Ministries, and I attended, and I met this, this, uh, this young man there that was actually leading the, the ministry at that time. I don't know if any of you are familiar with the name of A.J., A.J. Boland. Anyway, this young man was the first person that I'd met in my life throughout my whole Christian walk that walked in freedom, didn't care what other people thought. He walked in this sense where it was like he was free from other aspects. of He was, kind of, he was free from himself. And he also loved every single person that walked in the room. And I was literally like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I've never seen anyone like you. I'm like, how is this even possible? How can you love every person that walks in the room? This does not make sense to me, right? And, and it was amazing though. that semester he began to teach about learning to love yourself as God sees you. And I really needed that because I was seeing myself through a lens of brokenness, through a lens of what the devil had spoken over me through sin all this stuff when Christ had paid the price and it was amazing because as I as I was learning this I was like oh my goodness like this is how much God loves me I'm like if this is real I need to find this out myself and so when I when I mentioned when I was younger I didn't have a foundation in the word I wasn't really reading his word that much but I was like okay if what if what you're teaching, if what you're, you're saying with me, and also the other things that we're hearing, if this is true about what God says about me, about how much he loves me, how much he's forgiven me, all these things, I really need to get to know this for myself. And so this led for me to go into the secret room with, with God for the, I wouldn't say the first time, but what began to be a new relationship with me and him, where it began every night for years. Every night for years, I would I would meet with God in the secret place, and I would just like God. I want you. I need you. I'm I I, I can I don't want to be the same. And within a few months, though, my life was radically different. It says in Romans twelve two that you're transformed by the renewing of your mind. I went through a big renewal. God went and and, and eradicated a lot of lies, but he also he set me free from from other sin, from, like, from pornography at the time. And, and it was amazing the purity that hit my heart, the purity that hit my mind. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, God, I, I just want to worship you. Because Hebrews 10, it talks about the old covenant, right? It, it, the old covenant's based on works that you need to do to get right with God. But it's saying if it could offer a perfect sacrifice, you'd be able to worship God without guilt and, you, and you'd be pure. It couldn't do that for you. The only one that ever could was Jesus, and he was the one that paid the price. And when it started to like dawn on me, I was like, oh my goodness, I could I can come before you and and sit before you and learn and and it's just and receive from you. And it was amazing because the posture of my heart began to change from depression it went to joy, from like unrest it went to peace. And it was amazing because like I, I began to believe God and what his word said. <laughs> I think sometimes what we do is or like one thing I, I I share with people and I've also been taught is that like it says in the Bible, the truth will set you free right? So there's a whole lot of truth in here. How many people are free? There's a difference between knowing the truth and knowing the truth, allowing God to take from what's up here and and, and depositing it in your heart and allowing it to actually come to life. And it was amazing because it was no longer, okay, God, I want to know about you. I'm like, I want to know you. It says eternal life. John 17, 3 is eternal life to know God. And God branded that in my heart when I began to actually get to know him and, and he was revealing things to my heart. I, I began to understand the exchange that happened. He took my brokenness, the the crap, the not so excuse my language. He took the not so good stuff of my life, and he's like, Here, Joel, I'll give you my life. What is perfect, what is righteous, what is good what is pure and he's like i will take what is yours that does not make any sense right so imagine like i have like it's okay i have an unlimited amount of money right imagine then you have like negative however many millions of dollars and then you come to someone you're like hey i'm in the negative like and then he's like hey don't worry i'll give you everything does that make sense for exchange like does that no that does not make sense whatsoever but that's god's love He's like, it does not make sense. It, to us, it doesn't make sense of what we've walked through, of all the junk that we have, of all the brokenness that we have. And he's like, no, no, I'm going to give you everything. And this was something that God revealed to me as I was with a, with a, a friend and I was meeting with them, is that in Romans chapter 8, it says um, that God didn't just spare his son for you. He gave him up for, gave up his, gave him up for you. Why wouldn't he give you all things else? But God revealed to my heart what he actually is saying is he's already given you all things else. If everything has been created through Jesus, for him, through him, if, if God gave his son for you, he's literally given everything for you. And that kind of hit my heart. And I was like, oh my goodness, like, that is how much your value is. Is you're worth everything. And so God began to grow identity in me as a son. And it was amazing because um, my life just radically changed. I'm now at UCM, like, I wish uh, some of the guys that were there from, like, the very get-go, so this is, like, five years ago now for me, um, 2014, when I, when I went uh, to university or started. And they've seen a transformation so quick. Joel, the shy guy who's sitting there not liking who he is, so boom, it's not about liking me because I'm greater than anyone. No, it's liking me because God likes me, Right? It's not an arrogant thing to love yourself. It's a, it, it's it's you need to love yourself because God loves you. It's the way He sees you. If the greatest commandment that He ever gave, gave was love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, this is the second one's like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So the the first law is similar to the second law. So the second law it's saying is like the first one. Love your love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. So God's saying, you need to love yourself like you love the Lord your God, with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And when you do that, you will love your neighbor with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And it was amazing. So I'm going through this transformation, and, and, and uh, it talks about the, the love of God. And I was just so focused on his love, and I was like, oh my goodness. Like, you know, Romans 5, it says that God has poured his love into our hearts through his Holy Spirit. And I was like, okay, well, if, if he's poured his love into my heart, if that's what's truth, and maybe I'm, what the, is true for me is that I don't, ha, I don't feel that love, right? So there's, I would say there's what's true of your experience, and then there's truth. There's God's truth. And I was like, well, what's true right now is I don't feel this love. I don't, I don't know this love fully yet. Um, I don't think I'll ever fully know this love until I'm in heaven with him, but we got all, all eternity for that. But I was like, I don't know this love yet that he's poured apparently in my heart his Holy Spirit but not only that like it says that in 1st Timothy 1 5 he's like the goal of my command is is love that comes from a pure heart a clear conscience and a sincere faith and it was amazing because as I mentioned God purified my heart at that time but he also it was it was it became aware to me of my conscience was clear because of his blood not because of what I did And my faith was so sincere. I I genuinely pursued God every night, not because I wanted to preach or not because I wanted to do something or make a name for myself. I just wanted to know the king. And it was amazing because what happened was my heart began to change, and I actually began to experience his love. And I remember those moments as I was sitting in, in, in my room on my knees crying because it was like there are people that do not know the love of God, and they don't know him. Eternal life is to know God. Amen? And it was amazing. So what happened is that I'm going through this transformation, and God's just teaching me and doing all these things. And I'm like, okay, hey, well, if your word's true, it says lay your hand on the sick and they shall recover, right? So I'm like, okay, God, I believe you. I believe your word. I'm going to try and do this. I start trying to pray for people. I don't see anything change <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> praying, them, praying, 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 praying. And then it came to the point where I'm uh, at church, and one of my friends who is... is is even more on fire, um, he's just like, "Hey Joel, come pray for this lady. She has pain in her ankle and her knees, and she's like, she had broken her ankle like uh, at that time two years prior or something of that matter, and she's experiencing immense pain, like nine out of ten pain on a pain scale." And I'm like, "Okay, like I'm sure I'll pray for you," and I'm just like, I, I go down and I pray for her, and and I pray for her like three times, and every time the pain went down lower, lower to the point where. <laughs> Totally gone. But the funny thing was, God's so good that He healed his her knees as well. I didn't even pray for those. <laughs> you know, sometimes the scripture, like or His scripture says, like Jesus said, like He knows what you need before you ask Him, right? And so it's amazing when you can posture your heart when you allow Holy Spirit, when you allow God to come, He will do more than you could think or imagine. But He already knows your needs. And I think sometimes um, what can happen is when we go into the prayer room or into the prayer closet, we're asking God, can you change my circumstance instead of can you change my heart? And that was something I've been talking with my brother about. And it was amazing because like sometimes, you know what, uh, the last few years for me has been a, a really hard time. Harder, harder time than it has been the last like four years of my life. But am I praying for my circumstance to change or am I praying for God to, to change my heart in the midst of it? Because if we pray for our circumstance to change, we actually won't grow. We want to actually step into what God has for us. Because what we're doing is we're just asking for something that's easy instead of asking for something to rely on him for. God wants you to rely on him. God wants to be your comforter. He doesn't want you to be your own comforter. And, and, and it was amazing because as I began to rely on him, that's where the transformation again begins to come because it's like it's not about you, it's about him. And so it's like going through this this transformation. Um, it was amazing because it led to the my second or my I guess my second year of university, and I get asked by um, this leader, AJ. He's like, "Hey, do you want to be a student leader for UCM?" I was like, "You sure?" I was like, as much as like I'm in a really good place, I'm like, I have zero leadership experience. I'm like, "Are you sure?" And he's just like, he's like, "I've been praying about it. Like God's put you on my heart." I was like, "Okay, I'll give it a shot." And it was amazing because I began to trust God in that time. And, it, and, and something I want to encourage you guys with is that when you have an issue, when you have something that comes up, do you do you first go to to someone else? Do you or do you first go to God? Because what happened was in that season, I I drew to God when I had, I had problems I had to walk through as a leader. I'm trying to figure things out. I'm like I'm serving people and I'm I'm loving them, but I'm like. Then, you know, you you want them to go this way, which is life. You want them to go this way because that's what God looks like. But then they go this way. After all this time, some of them, you're like uh, frustrated, right? You get frustrated because it's about me. It's like, I want you to be this way because of me. And it's like, so then I, I come to God. And I'm like, God, this is what's going on. I don't like it. Like, what's happening? And then it's so cool because in those times, you're just like, oh, here's a verse. Or here's a, here's a piece of scripture. I want you to look through this. And and he led me to Psalm 78. And it talks about the Israelites. They're here. They're there. They're back and forth. They're they're for God. Then they rebel. They're for God. They rebel. But he called David to be a, a shepherd of those people to to serve them with integrity of heart. And and it, and it hit my heart. I was like, I can't control what people decide to do. I can love them though. I can encourage them. I can shepherd. I can shepherd them with integrity of heart and show them what Jesus looks like and, and maybe point them to Him. But it's ultimately up to them. And it was cool because then this peace came to my heart. And it's okay. I, I don't need to say, feel like I need to control this manner there, but I can love them in that. And so it was amazing because so I joined the leadership team, and that led to the last four years of my university time. And so I began to serve at UCM for the past four years. And, uh, and, and it has grown me so much, um, exactly like our vision to equip students to be Christian leaders. I can't even put to words how much it's grown me. I, I don't even know how to describe all the things that God has, has brought in, in this time of being a student leader there. And, I, and I'm so excited, especially like for the, the people that have been here for so long that have, have walked through that process as well. Sometimes we don't know exactly what, we're, what God's growing us in, but because we put ourselves in a place where God can use us, He grows us. And it's so cool because I'm, I'm so excited for the new leaders, for the new students that come that are willing to step up into those roles because God is going to equip them to do the work of ministry and so what was really interesting for me is it came to my last year, which is just this previous year, my last year at, at campus. And what happened was that um, I, I felt God call me out of quality foods for the first time. So I worked there for six years. I was very um, <laughs> committed to working there. And, uh, and I, I grew a family there. I got to learn how to pray for people in my own, uh, or there at work uh, during, um, during the like, my own shift, which is, to some people, pretty risky. Um, I'd pray for people, I'd pray for my coworkers. I'd talk with them about Jesus, and, and, it, and it was a really good, like, growing ground for me, but God finally called me off off of, um, out of quality foods to go hop onto campus full-time for my last year. I really felt like he was like, okay, hey, Joel, you need to really plug in on campus this last year that you're there, and it was amazing because I was like, okay, well, I don't have a job now. I'm, I'm still living at home, which is great. I don't have to pay rent, so I've been very fortunate with that. I don't have to pay for so much for food, even though I like to eat out. I'll, I'll pay for that. But I don't have a job now, and I have tuition to pay. And uh, and one thing that I had asked the Lord, even from the beginning, was like, God, as I go through university, I ask that I don't have to take out a student loan as I go there. And, and, and God was faithful with that. I, I didn't have to take out a student loan. But what led to it was that my final year, I got to actually, um, I got a job on campus. <laughs> How it came up was kind of funny, but there was two opportunities that showed up. Uh, one was to facilitate this workspace, and another one was to lead this program called the Student Leadership Circle, and, and it was to develop professional development workshops for students. And the way that I, I chose the, um, the Student Leadership Circle one was, the first question I asked was, what makes me the most uncomfortable? The second one was what would bring God the most glory. And it was amazing because um, the first position, though, for the facilitating space, it was paid $15 an hour, a guaranteed pay. And I was like, but it seems kind of boring to me, to be honest. And I was like, I don't think I'll grow as much. And the other one, the other position scared me. I was like, oh, my gosh, like I'll be involved with lots of leaders on different parts of the campus that I have not been involved with. Um, I don't really know what I'm doing again, Um, but I was like, and the thing was, it was not guaranteed pay, and I'm like, I need money, and so in faith, though, I took that position because I was like, I felt like that's where God wanted me to go, and it ended up turning out to be paid. But it led to me growing um, relationship with one of the offices there, led to me growing relationships with students that I would not have been able to if I didn't um, get that job on campus. And it also allowed me to grow influence on campus as well to the point where, um, I, like, it's not like a boasting thing, but it's like the president, like, he, he knew me, and he knew me pretty well. He came up to me at one point during the Chancellor's Union, and he approached me and he said, thank you for all the work you've been doing on campus. I was like, oh my goodness, like I would have came and talked to you and just said thank you like for these things, but he came to me and I was like, what a, a great guy that like he is, but these opportunities that keep leading to this point, and it was so funny though, my last semester, I started a project, and my project is to do apprenticeship for the University of Christian Ministries to work underneath Samuel, <laughs> obviously that didn't work out because Samuel's not here. So my whole semester, though, was working on this apprenticeship, working towards getting to this apprenticeship to work under Samuel and, and to come uh, with UCM because God had spoke to me at different points about where you're, where you're called to go because I didn't feel like I was called into, um, into um, education. Like I, I, I don't even think I mentioned my program that I went into. I didn't support health and phys- physical education, just so you know. I didn't feel like God was calling me to be a, a PE teacher or to, like, go into teaching. I didn't feel like he was calling me into occupational therapy or physio. And I was like, God, what do you, why am I here on campus? Honestly, like, why am I here? And eventually, like, he revealed to me why I was here on campus. And it's just to serve his people, to see revival come on campus. That's why I'm here. And it was amazing because <laughs> I'm doing this project. I'm working towards it. And then I kind of slowly find out that, um, that, uh, Samuel has a job interview. (laughs) I'm like, wait a moment. What? It's somewhere in like, I don't know, in the East. I was like, oh, in my heart, I was like, he's not going to get it. Nope. He's not going to get it. Like, he's going to be here. He's going to be working. Like it's find out later he got the job. I'm like, I just got like so stressed. (laughs) I was like, wait, what? And I was also very like nervous. I was like, oh my gosh, like who's going to take over? I was like, there's a good chance that's me. I'm like, and the responsibility terrified me, if I'm being honest. It terrified me. I'm like, it's a big thing to run this ministry, to, to be on campus, because there are over 10,000 students. There's, there's so many churches that we're, we're, we're connected with. There's so much that is going on. And I was like, I don't know if I'm ready for this. God thought otherwise. But um, it was amazing, though, because as I trusted him in this, he began to line those little things up of, right as I graduated, um, that transition happened though of me stepping in to be in this role and it's it's cool because if I'd love to talk with some of you guys afterwards and share a little bit more of how God led to this point but like I, I have in my own journal of things that God had spoken to me about VIU years and years ago and now it kind of makes sense I'm like oh my gosh God you've called me to serve here at VIU and I'm so honored to to stand here before you guys and share about VIU but like God has great plans God is going to move on campus, and I, and, and I pray that he, he's going to move here on the island, and, and you guys are going to see a move of God touch this island. And so I hope you guys are hungry, because his word says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Amen.